like there's so many guys who deal with their partners saying like, oh, I'm just not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. And their partner uses that as an excuse because it's like what they're really saying is I'm not connected enough with you. But we don't see it that way. We see it as, oh, we both should be sexually turned on at the same time and we never are. Something is wrong with us sexually. No, something is wrong with your emotional communication. Something is wrong with your emotional connection. You are not keeping the foreplay going. You're shutting it off. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I lost my voice yesterday and uh, I don't know how. I woke up two nights ago, Andrew pulled an all-nighter. Once in a while, he will just be like, I have so much work to do, I'm just gonna stay up. And I'm like, I don't know how you fucking do that. And he'll just stay up all night. And the next day, does he sleep? No, he'll take like a 30-minute nap, like sitting upright. <laughs> just like, who are you? Like. Are you a human? I de- and he's like, you just gotta want to stay focused. And I'm like, babe, I don't think it's that easy. I think you have some weird trait that you're able to do this. But anyway, um, once in a while, he'll do that. I know it's not the healthiest. He does not do it all the time. But um, I could not possibly do that. I will literally fall asleep like at my desk if I ever tried to do that. Even standing up, I'd probably just fall asleep. <laughs> but anyway, so I was in bed trying to sleep knowing he was working And, you know, obviously I could sleep without him. I travel without him sometimes and it's fine. But for some reason, I just felt like I'm not comfortable enough to fall asleep. So I woke up at 3 a.m., started reading, got out of bed by like 3.30-ish, and then started working by 4. And he was up already, like he's still been up. And um, I was wide awake because I just could not sleep. So I was like, my throat was feeling a little weird but I didn't feel sick. It was just my throat felt a little weird and scratchy, I guess. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to work. We'll see what happens. And then long day of work. I end up taking a nap. And then Andrew had like 11 people over. So, I mean, we both had 11 people over. I knew that we had people coming. Um, so, yeah. So then, you know, I was hosting for the rest of the night. And I'm just like, by the end of it, I'm like, <laughs> We didn't have some rager, but... Yeah, it was just a long day on three hours of sleep, four hours of sleep. Um, but uh, anyway, I that's my story of why my voice probably sounds like this, <laughs> in case you were curious. But one thing I did want to mention is um, just appreciating your partner for the different things they bring into your life. That's something that I've really been appreciating Andrew for because... I know that something that's really important to him and something that really energizes him is 
making new friendships and bringing people together like he loves doing that he like gets so excited he's like a little kid on Christmas like last night he was running around like so happy (laughs) he's like this just lights me up (laughs) he says like all this weird shit because it makes him so happy to like bring new people together and um and that's something that I never felt comfortable doing myself and it doesn't light me up as much um I'm not as much of a social butterfly as he is but it it was always a challenge for me to make a bunch of friends and feel like I could host a gathering like that was never my thing and even now like I probably wouldn't do it without him like it just doesn't naturally come to me where it's like I'm gonna host a bunch of people you know um who I don't know and like try to introduce them like that just brings me a little bit of anxiety (laughs) but um but he's just brought out this side of me that is more social and that is more comfortable doing that and I do have a lot of fun doing it like he even says, you know, like, babe, you're so, you're so good at like being social and you just like, you're so good at keeping people like entertained and asking questions, like, but you hardly do it, you know? So like, that was something he pointed out in me and I can appreciate that part of myself now because of him. Um, so I, I think it's interesting and important for all of us to be like, okay, what is my, what does my partner bring into my life that adds to my life, that adds to my character, that helps me build skill sets? Because this is definitely one that Andrew's been helping me with um, because it's something that's so important to him. And he even let me know. He was like, just so you know, like when we move to a place together, like I'm going to host a lot and I would love for you to be a part of that. And it was something where I was like, oh boy, like not my thing. Not sure if I want that. But I I do, I have really enjoyed it. We've already had two gatherings here, just being here for like a month um, or less, being in Argentina. So it was, um, yeah, it's it's been fun and interesting. And it's also a great segue into the topic today of keeping foreplay going. Like Andrew bringing out a side of me that I wasn't totally confident in or comfortable with or thought I had the skills to be able to handle um, made me and him showing me like, hey, babe, you're actually good at this. Like you actually are so good with people. Like it amazes me that you're not around people so much more. And, And that instills confidence, right? When someone says something like that to you, And like, it just makes you feel good. It makes you think more about yourself and about like, huh, okay, yeah, I never thought about like doing this more and maybe I am good at that. And whenever we feel we're a little good at something, even a little bit, we tend to gravitate towards it more. And, um, and you know, of course, like this gathering felt a lot easier for me than the first gathering we hosted because he gave me confidence to be like, you know, you're good at this. And sometimes it just takes someone saying you're good at this to have more belief in yourself to want to do it more. But anyway, I'm kind of going off track. Um, (laughs) uh, But that does help build confidence is my point. And when your partner is helping you build confidence, you like your partner more, right? You see them through this other lens of like, you know, we're not, you're helping me be a better individual, Like you're helping me build skill sets and find things about myself I didn't know were really there. And that makes me feel better as a woman, as a person, as a host, as a friend, as a social butterfly or like social person, right? So he's like giving me new skills and characteristics I can appreciate about myself as an individual. So it's by doing that, it turns me on to him even more because it's like, wow, you're 
like you're showing me parts of myself that I didn't think I knew I had. And that's, that's sexy. That's like endearing. It's all these great things. When you can build the best, see the best in your partner and show them what they're great at and what you think they're good at, they're going to value your relationship more and they will turn towards you more. They will trust you more. They will like you more. Um, just as like a friend, as a partner, as even as a sex partner. It's like, wow, like you pointed out a vulnerability in me and you made me feel good about myself. Like I like you, you know, you just like people who do that, especially your partner. And this is part of foreplay. Like, and people don't think of foreplay this way. Usually when we think of foreplay, we think of like hyper-sexualized comments or touch. And we're like, oh, to keep the foreplay going, it means I got to smack her butt once a day and I have to give her a long kiss. Those things are great. And Andrew and I do those things all the time. <laughs> and I love those things. Like as a woman, I love those things. And I think it's important for most relationships to keep up with that physical romantic touch excuse my voice, but along with that touch, there's also emotional foreplay. And there's the connected foreplay, which really is just the emotional foreplay. So think of it in simple terms. There's physical foreplay and there's emotional foreplay. Physical foreplay is the smack on the butt. It's the long kiss. It's the grazing your partner's back as you walk by, as you grab your coffee. You know, nothing big, nothing crazy. It's just touch. You're keeping touch there. You're keeping it very present, whether it's um, more romanticized, like it's very romantic, or if it's just, like I said, the graze on the back. It's no big deal. It's like it takes two seconds to do. You know, so that's the physical... The emotional is the example I gave about like Andrew, sh in my relationship, Andrew showing me a characteristic of mine I didn't really know I had or bringing out a part of me I didn't really show or haven't shown for quite some, basically my whole life. <laughs> um, and showing me and making me believe that I'm good at something I didn't know I was good at. That's, that's something that he did to help me build confidence. And that makes me, like I said, trust him more and... Um, and just appreciate him more. And because of that, I will lean towards him more as my partner, which means I'll go to him more for advice. I will, um, I will feel free to ask him what other things am I good at? What other things do you think I shy away from that I, that I would be good at that maybe I shouldn't shy away from? Like it opens up more of this type of dialogue because he started, he, he opened it up, you know, like he opened that door to be like, hey, like, you know, this is something you can work on and I think you're really great at it. So when we have these types of discussions with our partner, it comes from this place of like, hey, I trust, I trust that you want the best for me. You know, when, when Andrew first brought up me not so much wanting to be around people, he'd be like, I think that's like, that's so interesting that you're not that social because when we are social, you're so good at it. You know, so that was his like loving way of being like, babe, if you did this more, it brings out a really cool side of you. And conversations like this can be taken um, as hurtful, right? But like, the way you say it and the way you view your partner changes the whole dynamic of the conversation where it's like, okay, he's not saying like, you really have to get out more. Like it's not good for you to never be social. Like that's one way to say that, right? Like you could totally say it that way and want the same outcome, but it just sounds mean. It sounds like 
you're taking confidence away from the person versus giving them the same message and saying something like, babe, I find it so interesting that you're not that social with people because you're so good at it. Like when we, when we are social and you're so likable. So that's another way of saying it. And one lens is, like I said, taking confidence away. And one lens is bringing confidence in. So if you can think right now about how you talk to your partner about things that maybe you want your partner to work on or you want your partner to change, not even necessarily change, but just like show your partner side of yourself you see in them and show, come from the place of like curiosity. I think curiosity just always fucking wins the game because if you can show like, like using the example again that Andrew used, like, babe, I think it's so interesting that you hardly ever want to be social or host things because you're so good at it. So see, that's like, I find it interesting that this, and then it's followed by a compliment. It's leading with curiosity and then attaching a compliment to give confidence. And when you just get in a habit of talking this way to your partner, at first it's going to be a little like, you got to sit there and you got to think, okay, how can I word this in a way that's going to build up confidence in her versus take it away, right? Like that takes a little mental energy at first if you're not used to doing it. And Andrew will tell you he's worked really hard on being able to talk this way with his partners because he didn't used to do this. And he'll be the first one to tell you, like, I used to, he'll say, like, I used to suck. I used to be a terrible communicator. I used to be so defensive. I was always thinking people were out to get me, like, especially women. I was terrible. At, like, so he'll admit that. And he'll also admit the hard work he put in to change his communication ways, myself included. Like I used to take a lot of things defensively, offensively, and then get very defensive about it. So this isn't something that just comes naturally to everyone. So if you're like, Steph, that's not the way I think. That's not the way I communicate. Like neither of us communicate that way at all. It's, it's learnable. Like you can learn it. You just have to understand how to be the one to start it. That's it. You know, just like Andrew and I did. And we didn't really learn together. We sort of learned separately before we got together. Um, but we had you know, other partnerships where we took the lead on learning how to communicate this way. And if our partner wasn't about it or wasn't able to communicate back and appreciate that way of communication, then we moved on, you know, or things just didn't work out. I still had a few past relationships where I did communicate in a healthy way when I was learning and the person did catch on and we did have good communication. It just didn't work out for other reasons. So it's not to say that like your partner has to meet you exactly in the middle, but I promise if you start talking this way to a partner who loves you and appreciates you, you're going to find that you both start talking this way. Um, somebody's got to start the habit is what I'm saying. So um, it's totally possible. It's totally learnable. If you feel like, oh, this sounds like so much mental energy, it only is in the beginning. Excuse me. <laughs> While you're learning it, it's and then and then you just free flow and you, you kind of catch on. But the going back to the point of this topic is that when you have that kind of communication that feels so safe and so like loving and bringing out the best of your partner and making them feel strong and confident and and sexy and good about themselves, um, you are drawn to your partner in a more romantic way in a more sexual way. Even though the topic is not overtly sexual, you're not talking about sex, but you feel like, wow, my partner really wants the best for me. And, and um, 
you know, if you're thinking, well, what's the difference between a friend saying that and a romantic partner? You know, like when Andrew says this type of stuff to me, he'll also like touch me in a way, not in a sexual way, but he'll be like, babe, like you're so good. And he'll like grab my thigh and like look at me in the eye and smile. And then like he'll kiss me after. Like he, he kind of connects like, like being my romantic partner with confidence building. Um, so I don't want this to get too confusing because it's really not, you know, you can really start simple of just like, all right, how can I show my partner that I see, I see something really great in them that they don't see? How can I share that with them and communicate with them? And then along with that, um, how can I involve more touch throughout my, my day-to-day actions with my partner? And I was talking, and there are different ways to emotionally communicate too, right? It doesn't always have to be around showing your partner something they're good at that they don't see. But other ways of foreplay, emotional foreplay could be like, like, babe, look at you, you're killing it. You know, like saying little cute things like that. And then like, like, I'm just trying to think of random shit that Andrew and I do where we're like, we say something nice to each other and then we like, we like poke each other and smile and we're like, oh my God, look at you. Like, I don't know. I can't, my voice is so fucked up. Too. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it in a way I want it to come across, but it's, it's kind of like this playfulness that's also a huge factor in emotional connection. If you're constantly supporting your partner, playing with your partner and touching your partner, you have a very well-rounded foreplay dynamic. Um, so even if you, if you take away anything from this in terms of actionable steps, write down in your phone, get out some notes in your phone and just put, um, emotional connection, playful connection, sexual connection, sexual slash physical. And if you can check those boxes off daily, check at least one of those boxes off every day for like a week and then notice what what that does for your relationship, you might be amazed. You might be shocked where it's like, wow, I didn't realize I was missing so much connection with my partner. And it could be the the quickest things. Like if you think, oh my God, every day for a week, check off all those boxes. Like guys, this can mean, like I said, you're going to get coffee and you graze her back, you know, with your arm. You just like, this is like, it's just touch. It's just random touch. That's like more than a friend would do, right? We're bringing romance into it. Um, the second one, emotional connection, like saying something like, babe, you know what you're really good at? This. And just randomly sharing something like that, you know, like that's a way to emotionally connect and acknowledge and appreciate your partner. And then playful, a uh, playful example could be the one that I said, um, that I just used where it's like, oh, babe, look at you. You're killing it. And like you're poking your partner or you're like tickling or like, you know, you're being cute in some way. Or it could, playfulness could also be teasing. Like, oh yeah, well maybe maybe if you did this, that wouldn't happen. Ah! And then you like wrestle each other. You know, like that's playfulness. So those are three examples of things that can happen in a, two seconds each, right? This isn't taking up your entire day. And it just goes to show, it will show you how much connection you're lacking when you start taking action on these three things on a daily basis for one week. So try that out. Try that out as an action step and just give it a week. Give it one week and ask yourself, 
wow, okay, what kind of difference did this make in my relationship? What did I learn from this? What do I see that I'm lacking? What do I see is really strong? You know, maybe your, phys- maybe your playful connection with your partner is really strong, but the sexual physical is not. Like, it's hardly there. And this will give you really good insight as to whether, um, why you feel like sex is so stop and start. Because um, my client and I were talking about this yesterday. Like, he's gotten, him and his wife have gotten so good at keeping the foreplay going um, in these three ways, really, because they, they do a lot together. Um, they've been together for, for quite a while. They have two boys grown up. Um, and they just, their relationship has never been this strong. And they're, they're just about in their 60s. So for them to, you know, for him to acknowledge like, wow, I've never felt so connected to her and like her to me. And we were talking about it on our road trip the other day. And we were just saying like, wow, like, you know, we, I feel, sa- I feel so safe with you, she was saying. And like, you know, they just had this beautiful conversation about like how far they've come and like how how little moments of connection they they bring into their day now that's so natural and it just flows and their sex life is flowing too they have sex like two to three times a week consistently and then on on you know good weeks they have it more where it's like almost every day usually when they're traveling which is often the case for most of us um but but they are in this place where they realize wow like we've never connected this much and it never felt so just easy and natural and simple. And I was saying to him, yeah, that's the problem with most relationships and why there's so many relationships who feel like, I don't know when I'm going to have sex again. We haven't had sex in so long. I have no idea when it's coming. I don't want to do this or bring up this conflict because then we might, then I might never get sex. You know, like, so there's so many couples that like pull away from actually addressing issues and from trying out certain things or taking new actions or trying to learn about their partner because they, they're afraid they might offend their partner. And if they do that, then they won't get sex even for longer. So there's like such this fear around not getting enough sex, but you're actually making your sex life worse through this fear because you're not taking actions that will actually bring in more foreplay. And sometimes, and a lot of the time, like the whole point of this podcast is the foreplay is emotional. It has to do with some vulnerability. It has to do with like showing your partner how much you care about them or pointing out the best parts of your partner, like even the weaknesses in your partner and showing them that you encourage them to work through those weaknesses. Like that's a form of foreplay because it's a form of deep connection. It's creating trust. It's creating likability. It's creating a safety. It's creating a, wow, I like you so much. I'm going to share this with you because you're so important to me. And when you receive that, you know, in a loving way, it's like, wow, my partner really gets me and they really want the best for me. Oh my God, I want the best for them too. It's just this reciprocity that comes with that type of emotional connection that makes us want to be intimate with each other. It makes us want to be intimate with each other and do things for our partner, even if we're not in the mood to be intimate. Like, and this is often the case too. Like so many, so many couples who don't have sex often are like, we're never in the same mood. Like most of the time, we're not in the same mood. Most couples are not in the same mood at the same time. You can't expect to both be hungry at the same time. Like, so why do we expect to be horny to the same level at the same time? Like, you don't know. But when you have consistent foreplay and when you're like my client and his wife who have 
built on that connection and really worked at it to the point where it's daily and it's so simple and it's just flowing, it feels natural for them. Then when one of them is turned on and initiates sex, maybe the other is not fully there, but because the foreplay has been so prevalent and the trust is so strong and they feel so desirable and they receive so much good from their partner, the reciprocity factor kicks in immediately and it's easier for their body to sexually respond. Even if they're nowhere near being in the mood, it's easy for them to be like, okay, you know what? I love this person. Let's make it happen. You know, and it's that thought of like, okay, like let's go. You know, it's just, it becomes easy to get aroused because you have so much, um, such a deep connection with your partner. And you want to do good things. You want to do things for your partner when your partner's so good to you. I shared the other day on Instagram was, a text that Andrew sent me and once in a while I said once in a while he'll send a text like this and it just randomly like do you need help with anything today and he'll he'll send that like I said not all the time once in a while and I always appreciate it a lot and what I put in the when I shared that text on on IG I said um I I wrote at the top as a joke I was like I uh what did I say I was like this might have to do with the morning BJ I gave him but regardless, I love when he asks me this, like something like that. And, um, and that was a joke, but it's also not a joke <laughs> um, uh, because a lot of guys were like, oh yeah, it was definitely the BJ. And, and I was like, oh boy, I got to clarify this because would he, does he still ask me that occasionally without getting a BJ that morning? Yes, he does. Um, there are plenty of times where he'll say something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, where did this come from? Like, it's not like, it doesn't feel like an exchange, a direct exchange of like, oh, I got a BJ. So now let me go to work and let me text her something to give to her. Like, so it's not this direct, obvious exchange that comes once in a while. It's a continuous exchange in our relationship. Um, and it the exchange comes in different forms. So because I gave him like, so let's just say, and this is the part that is true. Like I give him BJs often. I take care of his needs as much as I can because I want to, because he treats me so well. He takes care of my needs sexually and emotionally and playfully. Let's just stick with those three. I do my best to fulfill his needs sexually, playfully, and emotionally. And because we're on the same page, it doesn't matter what the exchange is. Like just knowing that I'm going to be taken care of after that in another way because we never stop taking care of each other. We never stop giving, fulfilling each other's needs. So it's constant. You know, it's, it's like then he goes to work and he asks me, do you need help with anything? And, you know, I tell him what I need help with because every time he asks me this, I make sure I give him a direct response because I could... I like getting his help, right? And then it's like maybe later that day or the next day I write him a note and leave him a note that says, you're so sexy, I love you so much and I appreciate you for doing X, you know, whatever. Uh, the next day he does all the dishes because he knows like my stomach hurts or something. And that's like something where, you know, he cooks and does dishes and then cleans up everything and then asks me if I want tea and like kind of takes care of me, right? Like, and then, you know, the next morning, we, we cuddle and he like rubs my head for a long time or like I give him like back rub and like 
I ask him if I could put his laundry in because I'm going to do all the laundry. Like, it's just this exchange. It's never stopping. And when we're doing these things for each other in playful ways, in emotional ways, in sexual ways that never stop, then when, like, think about this stuff happening constantly. And when we're doing things for each other, we're doing it with love too. Like, um, like if I do the laundry, I'll be like, babe, do you need any anything washed? Do you want me to make sure I take out your sweater like at this point in time from the dryer? And then him saying, oh, babe, thanks so much for asking that. Like, I appreciate you like remembering that. That's something too. Like we always say thank you to each other about everything we do. So it never goes unnoticed. Like I, I usually wash the laundry. I usually fold the laundry. Um, it's just kind of therapeutic for me. I, I, I like it. I just enjoy it. Um, he'll do more of the dishes. That's kind of more his therapy. <laughs> so like we have our things, but like just because we have our things and that we prefer to do it and like our partner didn't necessarily ask us to do it. You know, he doesn't expect me to fold his clothes. Like he really doesn't. But when I do it for him, he's like, thanks so much for folding these, babe. That's it. Like, thank you for folding the laundry. Oh, you're welcome. Like that goes such a long way. And it's a point of connect. It's connection. Um, it's acknowledgement. I think a lot of a lot of couples forget to acknowledge each other and they just fall in these habits. You know, and we have not been together super long. We also don't have kids, right? So I'm sure, I know things get harder and harder, but I'm just pointing out to you the things that we're very intentional about that I know for a fact are really keeping our romantic relationship strong and our friendship strong and our sex life strong because it's just things do not go unnoticed and we're constantly doing the exchange back and forth. Are we perfect? No, but if there is a moment where I don't feel appreciated for something or, you know, I wasn't acknowledged when I felt like he normally would acknowledge me or um, whatever, um, I'll, I'll say something. Like, I will literally say something. If I'm feeling like I wasn't respected in a situation, I wasn't appreciated, I'll say, babe, I really, I really didn't like how you handled X. Normally, I feel like you would have done this, but you didn't, and it made me feel upset. So even just saying that quickly picks up, you know, him where he'll most of the time be like, oh, really? Like, I didn't realize I didn't do that, or I didn't realize I did it that way. I'm sorry. Like, and then he'll hug me. Like, there's hardly ever, and once in a while, there is a time when, like, we kind of butt heads, and we can't, we have trouble seeing each other's point of view, but I will say to him, like, we try to stay as calm as possible. And he's usually calmer than me. <laughs> I grew up in a screaming household. Yeah, so I will say to him, like, babe, it's making me really upset that you're not able to see my point of view and how this can make me feel sad or upset and how all I'm asking you to do is this. Like, is there something that you, is there a reason you don't want to do that? You know, so we really try to break it down and and um, come from that perspective of like, it makes me really sad because you're not seeing how this makes me feel this way. And I want you to see it so bad. So when you can talk to your partner that way, you can solve the issues quickly instead of sitting in that place of resentment. Because as soon as you fall into resentment, foreplay stops. And this is, you know, another thing. You can't, can't let it stop because when it stops and it's no longer flowing, your sex life gets fucking awkward. It gets really weird. 
it gets uncomfortable. You feel like, oh my God, when are we even going to do it again? Um, if you do end up doing it, it doesn't feel like you're truly connected. It feels like there's an elephant in the room because you haven't acknowledged the thing. And the longer you go on not acknowledging the thing, the more awkward the thing becomes to talk about and to work through because so much time has come in between you and it's actually separated you as a couple. So don't let that happen. Really try to handle any conflict as soon as you can, even if you feel like a pussy doing it. Truly, because there's too many guys, especially who are like, oh, I don't want to feel like a wimp for like being upset about that, whatever. Like, don't do that, guys. You know, to just say like, babe, I really, you know, I didn't appreciate when you handled it like this. I really wish you would have handled it this way. Is there a reason you did that instead? Like, can we talk about how maybe we can handle this differently in the future? That's it. Like, you can still sound like a confident, assertive guy handling an issue that made you upset. And you should. You should do that for the sake of your sex life, for the sake of your relationship, and to keep foreplay in your relationship, to keep the exchange of value from one, one of you to the next. Because when that exchange stops, foreplay stops. And that's when sex becomes like this start-stop thing that makes you very uncertain about it because you're never sure when you're going to get it. And when you do end up getting it, the pressure is on. Because you're like, oh my God, we're finally going to do it. Oh my God, I hope I can perform. I hope I can last long. I hope I can come at all. I hope my dick stays hard. And the anxiety with these dick-related issues are so, is so much higher because you're so uncertain about your sex life. And you're uncertain about your sex life because you're uncertain about your connection because you are not keeping the exchange of value, aka the foreplay. So see how this all ties in? Like, and foreplay is not always hypersexual. Foreplay is not always tickling and teasing. You know, sometimes it's like just being like, hey, babe, I just want to hang out with you. Come over here. And then you just, you just hold each other for like 10 minutes. Hey, babe, let's watch this video together while we eat. And you talk about it and you talk about the ideas you have that come from it. And maybe you, you show, you know, um, appreciation for each other you touch it maybe you have your hand on her leg while you're watching it like it's making these connections of hey let's do this together hey let's talk about this together I want to hear your viewpoint I'm curious about you hey like I want to show you what you're really good at hey I want to talk to you about your insecurities hey I want to like I want to touch you I just want to hold you I just want to be in your space right when you show like you desire that consistently your partner feels valued. They feel desired. They feel trusted. They feel they could trust you more. And the love is strengthened. The bonding is strengthened between you. Because that bond is strengthened, your the natural progression is to be intimate with each other sexually. And you're much more likely to want to be intimate more often the more you have this type of communication between each other even if you're on different moods of horniness, because most of the time, as I mentioned, you are. You're not always on the same level. But when you appreciate your partner to a certain extent and you want the best for them, your body is a very easy to adapt to fit that, that sexual mood. So much easier. And I think this is why like, there's so many guys who deal with their partners saying, like, oh, I'm just not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. And their partner uses that as an excuse because it's like what they're really saying is I'm not connected enough with you. But we don't see it that way. 
we see it as, oh, we both should be sexually turned on at the same time and we never are. Something is wrong with us sexually. No, something is wrong with your emotional communication. Something is wrong with your emotional connection. You are not keeping the foreplay going. You're shutting it off. And when it's a start stop and you turn it on again, like I said, pressure builds. You, you feel more anxious about your sex life. The sex is not as good because you're in your head hoping that this sex is great so that you can have more of it. And you come from this fear-based place instead of this confident, flowing, natural, connected place. So, um, I was going to mention another point that was floating around in my head and I forgot it, but I hope that this, I feel like I was like giving you a lecture here. (laughs) Um, I feel like I got my, oh wait, there goes my voice. (laughs) It's like, I feel like I got my voice back for a while, but I guess I'm keeping a certain tone. That's why it sounded like a lecture. If I speak a little deeper, I don't have the weird fluctuations and I could keep my voice a little longer, but I probably should stop talking. So I, uh, like I said, I hope that helped you guys. And I hope you realize like that foreplay is a connectedness that has to keep going. It's not something you just do once you're in the bedroom. Definitely not. And it also doesn't have to be hypersexualized. It can be, doesn't have to be though. And it shouldn't always be. So... Um, I also want to just, you know, stress the point that Andrew and I are not perfect. Like I said, we have our own things that we deal with once in a while, but I think overall we are building a very, very strong foundation and I think it can be helpful, um, even for you guys in, you know, 15 year marriages to be reminded of, okay, what does a healthy baseline look like and how can I get back to that? So that's how I'm seeing this valuable, even for those of you who are well into your marriage and your, your relationship and, and um, connection. Um, because I know that most people don't start with a very deep connection to their partner. And a lot of relationships start with high infatuation. I'm just saying that we work really hard at this stuff and I, I just want to provide as much value as possible in very specific examples because I think those are most helpful for everyone. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening. And if you are dealing with a dick-related issue, like I talked about, because maybe your sex life isn't very frequent and you're like, yeah, like stuff, this is me. Like we don't keep the foreplay going. Therefore, we don't have a lot of sex and I do have dick-related issues because of it. So we want to work through those issues, but we also want to work on the foreplay and I can help you do both at the same time because that's really how you want to tackle it. And if you want my help, you can apply to work with me one-on-one for three months, which is my intensive program. Or you can also do a VIP intensive. And that is a 90-minute session that comes along with a game plan I write up for you so that you have the action steps of what you need to do moving forward to build healthy habits, to strengthen your sex life, and to overcome your dick-related issues. So these are my one-on-one options. I would love to help you. So if you're interested, fill out the application in the description of this podcast episode and that will determine if we're a good fit to move forward with an intro call and we'll take it from there. So I hope you enjoyed this. Have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. I will talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, 
your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.